So I just woke up from a hard sleep after a three-day intensive workshop with none other than Rhiannon, the improvisational singing master teacher who I've been following around for a year and a half now. And um, the this thing was predictably unpredictable and really delightfully uh, edgy. I'd say the, the key words from the weekend for me were... Uh, risk, edge, and fear. And they were, I mean, that's really kind of the name of the game in any kind of improvisation, is being capable of holding a strong sense of uncertainty and the sense of what is at stake, being willing to risk your uh, sense of control and your sense of being able to... um, uh, come off well or uh, manage your partners. I mean, that stuff is always in play, but this weekend it seemed to come to the surface and be explicitly the focus in a way that was new to me. Um, so a little bit of background. I, I just got back from a pretty intense week in Hawaii studying with Rhiannon and was wondering whether I should sign up for this workshop um, in New York City. And ultimately, uh, my girlfriend also was able to attend, and so I thought it would be a great way to see this work freshly through the eyes of someone who has a lot of performing uh, experience but who had never quite done this kind of improvisation. And I really felt like it was all of that. The first day... um, The first day, we really hit the ground running. She just got the group together, did a little bit of uh, warming up, and then just started throwing down these cards, postcards on the ground with images and asking us to do small ensemble improvisations free, um, responding to them. And there was a lot of great music that came out of that. So encouraged by that, I think she launched us straight into some um, five-turn and three-face front, I believe, uh, like these sort of advanced performance exercises that also five-turn is a little bit more um, uh, structured, but then three-face front is basically you're on your own. Go make music with three people in a performance setting completely off the cuff. And there was a lot of... um, There was a large group, about 25 people, a a lot of women, uh, I was just one of three men in the group, and um, uh, there was just a, just a, a lot of people who were already familiar with her work or who were already sort of settled in their musical skills, and so things were able to move quickly. So less groundwork, less skill building, and more just going straight into the edge of what we were comfortable with. And the thing that came up early on, I remember... My friend Nick, who's a very comfortable improviser, performer, clown, theatrical, uh, rapper, beatboxer, teacher, he's just, and who's unusually playful and fearless and willing to be seen as ridiculous. Um, There was a moment where he went up and did what I thought was a very masterful solo over a big group and did some singing in gibberish and in English and got the crowd singing with him and started rapping. And he was just seemed to be effortlessly um, doing his thing. And afterwards, she said, you know, Nick, you're a radical guy. Um, I didn't feel like you were pushing yourself to your edge. Um, I didn't feel like you were really up there at the limit of what you're capable of and really taking a risk trying something 
that you didn't uh, know how it would unfold. And uh, I was really struck by that because in retrospect, yes, it was totally true. He was comfortable. Um, he just, he needs to do something a little bit, he needs to figure out a way to push himself to that edge because that's sort of what we, in improvisation, that's really the name of the game. That's what is electrifying to see and that's what we all want to feel and that's why I think most anyone who's interested in this kind of improvisation uh, stays interested is because they want to discover what it feels like to get more familiar with that feeling of being right on the edge of a cliff and being willing to jump and jump and jump and have some faith that something happens on the way down that will be uh, interesting and will not be lethal in the way that um, your mind really makes it seem like it's going to be lethal when you start to stray away from what you know. And over the course of the next couple of days, I missed uh, some of the, the day on, on uh, Saturday, but then on Sunday, um, we started out really uh, in a whole other direction with some, I guess you'd call it sound healing work, where we stood in a circle and then turned to the right and sang into the back of the person next to us and opened ourselves to be sung into uh, from our backs, from the person behind us, and really spent some time trying to exchange, um, uh, exchange, I guess you could say, energy using the, our voices. Um, and that was unusually moving and for a while really unusually musical. And then turning out again uh, to sing to the world and then to the right again to sing to the person who had been singing to us and then again to sing to each other. So there, there was a sort of communal, ceremonial and um, not performative element to what we were building up there. And we continued on in that vein for a while. And then when we opened it up um, for performance, there seemed to be a natural inclination in the direction of language that, um, that Rhiannon noticed. And then what happened next in the afternoon was really remarkable. Uh, this is at the very end of the workshop, the last session. Um, we were just sitting around in a sort of um, informal way just discussing what had happened in the performance exercise that we had done before. And um, the topic of language came up, and a couple of people said some things, and then Rian was like, uh, well, let's just, let's try it. Let's, 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 um, let's just have a couple of people give, it, give this thing a try. So she had someone put down a pattern. She was just improvising as a teacher. I don't think she's ever done this before. Had someone put down a musical pattern that repeated, and then someone else just start telling a story that made sense or didn't make sense that was from their life or wasn't from their life. She didn't even specify. Just kind of filibustering to get comfortable with the feeling of, of continuing to speak. And, um, and the result was that, uh, you know, 45 minutes later, we had gone around and every single person in uh, this group of 25 had really pushed beyond the edge of their comfort in getting into spontaneous language, story, and abstract, um, you know, use of the voice and speech elements. Um, and 
it had, it was just electrifying to see so many people in such a organic way throwing themselves into this very risky um, and uh, potentially threatening scenario where they were exposing their inner their hearts and their imaginations and their minds and I mean this is easy for some and maybe much less so for others and it was just so moving to see that and then after um, she gave us a choice basically between <laughs> something that we had done before and something totally new which was uh, like a she was we just watched her on the fly recombining and uh, blending some of the work that she had already built up and what we ended up doing in the last half hour was what she calls an immersion, which would, I guess, just refer to continuous work where there's no, um, there's, there's no discussion, but there's also not even a pause between pieces, but there's a sort of um, organic flow from one thing to another. And um, it was an immersion that involved something that she calls murmuration, which is a little bit like the, the contemporary dance idea of flocking, where um, one singer will start doing a repeating pattern that comes with a gesture uh, or physical movement, and then other singers will come on and sort of in a pod, like, uh, like birds that are flying in a flock or other animals that move in groups, uh, imitate and uh, s sort of unfold together. Um, so that was one possibility. Um, and also the idea of just a spontaneous little band of uh, singers singing like instruments together and interlocking textures like we had been doing for one another for the whole weekend. Um, and also the possibility of someone coming out with language, whether it's speech or song form or storytelling or, or musically uh, uh, informed, unintelligible uh, language like singing, whatever. That was just an option on the table. And uh, so we, we actually did it not in a performance way, but in a circle, contained in a circle. Um, and it just felt like, uh, it felt like the beginning of something, really. It felt like uh, that's, like real improvisation was beginning, drawing on um, container of inclusion and exclusion that happens when you stand in a circle and the possibility of physical movement and physical configuration just making situational and musical um, uh, sort of sense and uh, the possibility of language coming out, the possibility of uh, musical patterns emerging from individual parts, uh, the possibility of genre-based um, whole ensembles popping up and then dissolving. Um, the whole thing felt like really an exciting flowing together of all these rivers of semi-technical um, exercises that we had been playing with before. And the whole thing that made it possible, I think, was this ex explicit attention to what it feels like to go up on stage or to go in front of a group, even not in a performance setting, or to be on your own, and to be willing to uh, not 
have control over how you are coming across and to be willing to not know what the next thing that comes out of your mouth will be, to be willing to not choose which part of your voice you're exploring or which, um, which subject matter you're exploring, but to really be open to responding to the situation at hand and to fill it in with whatever uh, large space-taking maneuver is necessary or small supporting part or unknown niche or um, trick that you may have to invent on the spot in order to fit in and make the whole thing step forward and advance the story that the music is telling. Um, the idea of, as, as a... My friend Nick actually put it recently to me, the idea of going in and, as the Tibetans do, meditating at the uh, at a graveyard or a charnel grounds or, or um, imagining feeding your dead body to the fire or to the gods or leaving it on a mountaintop to be picked apart by the birds. I, th I mean, that's maybe a little extreme, and it doesn't really require any sort of heroic self-sacrifice or any real and actual danger to your body. But there is a sense of willingness to put yourself in the path of danger or do something that feels uh, like it could really consume you. That willingness, I think, is what makes it possible to improvise with other people. And I think it's what makes it uh, magnetic to see someone um, perform. The sense, the sense of their willingness to risk everything that you would assume would be important to them um, in order to find the music that needs to come out at that particular moment in time. So I feel really lucky that I, I. Uh, was able to be part of this workshop in New York and to be to share the experience with so many people because I think we'll refer back to it as some kind of a turning point where the idea of immersion and the idea of uh, jumping into the unknown and risk-taking and vulnerability sort of came together and we all got to really feel it together in our bones. And... Um, I'm really excited about um, what happens next in New York because we have been, uh, myself and, and a few friends have been experimenting with public uh, singing that involves movement and rhythm and um, all kinds of sort of improvised facilitation and leadership um, that feels very similar to the idea of immersion that Rhiannon has been um, sort of pushing a little bit more lately and I am really curious about how that uh, willingness to immerse ourselves and maybe submerge ourselves beyond our comfort zone um, I'm curious about how that's going to play out in the wider community of musicians and singers who are interested in improvising here and I'm excited that I have that as a guiding a guiding star in a way to to know that so what what is it that makes 
this improvisation feel like it's leading me in an interesting direction? Well, am I taking a risk? Am I doing something that feels like it's pushing me beyond where I'm comfortable? Am I somewhere near my edge? And am I pushing myself out into the darkness where it may be possible to discover something that I didn't know before about how music works and how people connect and about what's happening inside me and how safe or um, useful it might be to bring it out. So here's to more edge seeking. Here's to more uh, musical immersion. Here's to more bold uh, public and heartfelt improvisation. Um, here's to more openness and risk and vulnerability in all of our music for the winter and the spring and the year to come.